time to buy in. You're listening to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Now, let's start the hour. Welcome to this week's episode of the Noble Capital Radio Hour, where we explore income strategies for the modern financial landscape. I'm Sean Harris, and to the left of me is a soldier of fortune, the sensei of your IRA, the best with whom to invest. He's better than all the rest. Jess Hard Rock Hamill. Good morning. And to my right. A man who needs no introduction, but I give him one anyway every week. He's the captain of capital, the people's champion, Mr. Jaden Mailbox Money Newman. Yo, Sean, thank you again for the warm introduction. Gentlemen, welcome to the airwaves. Thanks. What's new with you guys? It's a great week. I got an uh, a incredible new uh, Les Paul lot this week. Oh, I used I'm, to have uh, really a Les Paul. It. Yeah, it was yeah. a sixties replica. Nice. Yeah, it was a nice little piece of piece of guitar. This is a brand new studio. I'm getting it all tricked out with new pickups and bridge and pretty much everything. Everything's all blacked out too. You play nice. the guitar, Jess? Yeah. I've never seen Does you it play ever? the guitar. Are you any good? <laughs> a lot of things you've never seen me do. <laughs> you, I sing well. You sing well? Yeah. Well I can tell. You've got that crooner sort of voice, <laughs> so I bet I bet you've got some some pipes. I got a little bit. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I spent a couple days out of town this week. I went went to San Francisco and um, took care of a little business there. And one of the more exciting things for me, Sean, was getting home to the to the family. We uh, we we live out on on Lake Travis, as as you might know. Mm-hmm. And my my kids, especially my daughter, loves to fish uh, down on the dock. So. She sent me over a little recipe um, on how to mix up some bait to catch some river monsters, essentially. Like catfish? Well, it's supposed to catch catfish and carp. Okay. And we've been noticing there's some large catfish and carp that are kind of trolling around the the, the dock. Mm. So anyway, the the recipe was bran flakes, big red, an egg, and then some flour to kind of create a dough ball and and then she she read a variation that said to add corn okay so it was it was kind of nasty uh mixing it all up sure but not as nasty as like chicken liver or worms you know (laughs) yeah so we got uh, all all up in there and created the this dough ball of big red and bran flakes essentially and man did it work so i mean we we landed some monster fish oh that's awesome yeah do you fry them up Oh no. We oh. yeah, the carp we, we didn't get any catfish. Oh so okay. there might be a few listeners out there that eat carp, but um Ick. carp soup, <laughs> um no. No. Yeah, I'm gonna pass it's a hard pass. You. So <laughs> they are very fun to catch though. Yeah. And um, I've got some great pictures and video of them fighting with uh 
15, 20 pound cart. Wow. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's, I've never heard of that before, but it's not terribly surprising because I know Kate kicks your butt every time y'all go fishing. Oh, She's that like, girl, she was like the angler, totally. That girl will get on the fish every time. Yeah. Well, and for those of you who are listening outside of Texas, Big Red is a soda that was actually created here in, well, in San Antonio. It was originated. And uh, yeah, to me, I love Big Red. To me, it kind of tastes like a strawberry bubblegum sort of flavor. Would you say that's accurate? I wouldn't say bubblegum, but definitely a strawberry. It's like a real sweet strawberry type of flavor. Yeah, the the one the only time I drink a big red or touch a big red and I try to do diet big red is yeah. is every once in a while with barbecue. Yeah. Um, there's something about Texas barbecue and big red. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I get when I go to Rudy's. I always get a big red. You get a big yeah. red. Yeah. Yeah. To me it just says summer in Texas. There I you love, go. I love that stuff. Exactly. Well, you know, Whenever I get the chance, I like to brag about my financial savvy, you know, and I I had some, you know, pretty interesting news last week, but I wanted to share this with you guys because I've been with my wife for over 13 years now. And after years of scrimping and saving, we, we've reached an economic milestone that I wanted to share with you guys. So this week I told her, I said, babe, we finally got enough money to buy what we started saving for in 2005. And she said, you mean we can buy a brand new Cadillac? And I said, no, we can buy a 2005 Cadillac. (laughs) Oh, dang. Get this guy a financial advisor. That's a good one. Yeah, I like that. Probably the best choice, too. Yeah, well, you know, 2005 Cadillac isn't bad. No, not at all. It may not be a a brand new one. but little hoopty. I'm driving 07. Not yeah. a Cadillac, but yeah. Not a Cadillac. It's a Ferrari, right? It's a Tahoe. <laughs> Tahoe. Yeah, nice. That outruns Ferraris. Yeah. Well, this week's episode is called, If You Can Count Your Money, You Don't Have Enough. And we're talking about being able to maximize your retirement income, regardless of what income scale you're on, which end of the spectrum you fall on, you need a plan and you need to be able to save. Real quick, I wanted to read today's Capital Contemplations, because this is really close to my heart. This is a Charlie Brown comic strip. And Charlie Brown and Snoopy are sitting on the end of a pier, staring out at the water. And Charlie Brown says, you know, Snoopy, one day we will all die. And Snoopy says, true, but on all the other days, we will not. And that's something that I think about from time to time, I like to kind of go back to it because it's, it's really positive. And it kind of ties into this episode because we're talking about all of the days that we will not die. Well, how are we going to spend them? And if we want to spend them the way we want to spend them, we need to have the money, the income in order to do so. So we're going to be talking a little bit about why you need an income plan. But real quick, I just wanted to share with you, there was a GAO report that just came out this week about Americans retiring. And since the last report, things don't look great. You know, it's difficult to save for retirement in general, but the percentage of people with no retirement savings is now 48% of the American public compared to 52% in the last report just a few years earlier. And the percentage of Americans with no retirement savings and no defined benefit plan is 29%. Wow, that's scary. 
It really is. It's a sign of, of, of the times. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's it's not going to get better, unfortunately. Uh, they say that the baby boomers were big savers um, compared to the future generations. And, you know, I, I know a lot, we have a lot of baby boomer clients that, that don't look like they were they were big savers. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. there's there, there there's a, a whole segment of the population here that is up against uh, you know challenges in retirement that their grandfather never faced for sure. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, one phenomenon I've noticed, and of course it's not true across the board, but the way generations flip back and forth. So savers, next generation, the not then the, their kids learn from that and, and go the other direction. So when the baby boomers saved so much, and now we've got this whole new generation that stemmed from the baby boomers, um, it's going to hit pretty hard. Yeah. And as we all well know, I'm not an economist and I'm not a, a financial expert, but, you know, costs of living are always rising. You always have inflation. Healthcare costs are more expensive than they've ever been. And there's a lot of things putting pressure on the American public when it comes to being able to save. And, and, you know, there's a lot of factors out there. So, you know, what are kind of some of the things, the challenges that that you see out there for people saving for retirement? Personally, I I mean, that's probably not a very popular response, but I think a lot of it's just lifestyle. I mean, everything is so relatively speaking cheap. So everybody has to go have a 60 inch flat screen and you know brand new car and it's 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 amazing i see people running around in 80 and 90 thousand dollar cars that their net worth is a negative number yeah five motorcycles and <laughs> i'm just poking at and you i'm there, doing man. just fine <laughs> <laughs> well you're a financial advisor so do you, do you get that same sense Jaden? that that it's just kind of the the sort of financial landscape and I, I would say it is and you know I'm I always like to talk directly to our clientele and the the folks that we work with typically have saved they've they've done a, a good job accumulating and it seems like recently we've been attracting you know higher and higher net worth uh, people because even though you've saved and you've done well you still want to get a plan in place um, if nothing else just to give you that confidence that you can now begin to spend. And I know we're going to get into that later in the show, but but as far as our higher net worth clients, they've done a great job saving and they're coming to us now to look at how to get down the mountain without getting hurt. That's right. Again, we're Noble Capital Wealth Management. We're a financial advising and income planning firm. And if you want to learn more about what we do, about what we're about to talk about, you could come join us for dinner and a discussion about how you can achieve financial freedom. We have one coming up here this next Tuesday, April 16th at Trulux. Go to noblecapitalradio.com and you can RSVP right there on the website. We're going to take a break, but we'll be right back. Talk 1370. You're tuned in to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Welcome back to the show where we've been discussing the retirement crisis, I guess you could kind of say it's a retirement crisis in America, but certainly how it's become more difficult to save enough retirement income. So we were kind of talking about the the GAO report that just came out and how fewer people are prepared for retirement than they were even just a few years ago. So 
guys, what I want to know is let's talk a little bit about, you know, what are a few of the things you need to start thinking about and, and ways you can try to start accumulating when you're starting out on your journey toward retirement? So there's really two fairly specific demographics for that. There's the people that aren't really going to have any issues um, and people that need to be budgeting and saving because they may not make it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they each have totally different strategies. But, um, you know, I think having a budget makes the most sense. Even if you've got so much money you think you can't even spend all of it, just tracking it. It's not necessarily the type of budget that I give to my adult kid and say, here, don't spend so much money, but just knowing where your money's going so you've got a grasp on it. Mm-hmm. That's That's a huge difference. That's great. And I like the way you put them in two segments there, Jess. It's, you know, the the, the interesting thing is that the solution is really the same. You, for for whether you're not sure if you have enough or if you know you have enough, the solution is to have a plan so that you can see it on paper and and start to eat, start to have goals and kind of understand where you're at in the process of accomplishing those goals. If if you have enough, the the numbers won't lie. You know, that's a term we use around here a lot. Numbers don't lie. So he's not lying. He beats me up with that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. some, someone might come in and have five million a five million dollar balance sheet, um, and then someone else might come in and have a five hundred thousand dollar balance sheet, and both parties need to have a a plan that shows where their income is going to come from for the rest of their their life. Yeah. The five hundred thousand dollar ba- balance sheet obviously might have some goals centered around making up uh, for, you know, for some lost time. And maybe they need to actually go out and fight the good fight and get caught up. Whereas the $5 million balance sheet, they're going to be good, but they still need that plan to have confidence in spending that money because, you know, you don't just get out of bed one day and say, oh, I've got five million bucks. Let's go start, you know, spending a few hundred thousand dollars a year, babe. Well, yeah. actually, I do have clients that do that, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's amazing to me the number of clients that will come in with a with a healthy, healthy, healthy balance sheet with a, a, a super prudent budget, and they're still concerned about running out. You know, a 65 or 67-year-old woman with $5 million living on 100000 a year that still doesn't have the confidence to actually spend it. And if anything that we provide here – um, would be number one, it's confidence. That's, you know, anybody can do the math. It's, it's planning it out for you so that you can enjoy your retirement and actually be confident every time you spend a dollar. That's good. Yeah. And a lot of people just, ha- just don't do the math, you know, I mean, s- just thinking about it and starting to look at your finances is a huge step because it puts everything in perspective, you know, the whole, the whole strategy going forward. So if you don't have a budget, well, why don't you have a budget, regardless of which camp you fall in, if, if you're high net worth or like me and, uh, <laughs> and, and you're not, you know, I mean, you, you still need to understand how much you spend, how much you need before you can even start putting that plan together. And it can seem you know, overwhelming. That's why I think a lot of people don't do it because there's so many things to count and they try to get so far detailed that it's such a big project, they never do it in the first place. And, you know, that's always going to be the best to go as deep as you can. But it doesn't have to be all the way down to, you know, what you're spending on Tylenol, just a, a sure. an overall budget broken down into categories so you at least see where your money's going. And or, if, you, if, you, if you come up with a budget that says 100000 and you're $175,000 less than you had last year, then you need to go find where you're spending that other five grand. That's good. Yeah. I think, Jaden, don't you recommend even budgeting for your, your pet's medications? as oh, well. <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I don't even call it a budget. I I think for for our clients it makes more sense to call it a retirement spending plan. Yeah. 
and this is exactly you know where we're going to spend money um and if you're a couple it's great you can have those conversations about lifestyle expenses traveling eating out spoiling the grandkids charitable giving those don't just kind of incidental you know stressful decisions based on how you feel about it it's it's uh, of course how you feel matters but also is is how does this impact our plan and the person to help you do that's a financial advisor so and it's not just any financial advisor i i would suggest that you need a holistic retirement focused independent independent financial advisor that's looking all the way down the field and looking at how decisions you make today affect the rest of your life. Yeah. And somebody you trust. I mean, that, that those relationships are built on trust and that's a, a huge thing, you know? Yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll tell you one funny side effect of what we do here. I get, I'm told all the time that I'm not a financial advisor. I'm a therapist because that's a lot of the stuff that I go through with clients, but I've yeah. actually had clients come back and say that their relationship has improved to some degree because, I mean, we all know the two things couples fight about, right? Money mm-hmm. and, you know, the other one. So when you have one philosophy on one side and one on the other, that causes a lot of tension. So if one person says, let's set a budget for presents this year and then back into that, and the other one says, it's Christmas, just go spend everything in sight, you've got constant turmoil and tension. So when you actually put it down on paper, everybody knows what they're dealing with and they get along a lot better. Uh, no, Jess, you lost me. What's the second thing other people <laughs> fight about? I don't get it. Emotions. Emotions. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Okay. Gotcha. Well, and you know, you, both of you guys bring up a really good point because if you don't have visibility on your finances, you don't have a plan, there is a lot of stress there. And you don't want to walk through your life having that kind of the stress of not knowing if you're going to have money, if you're going to have enough money. You know, I'm, I'm really bad about that. You know, I'm the kind of guy that if, if I've got a, a bill or something I'm dreading and it comes in the mail and, you know, I just, I kind of put my head in the sand. I take the ostrich approach and I'm like, well, I'll just, I don't want to look at it right now. And I'll just leave that bill sitting there until I know like, uh, it's, well, it's still, it's, they're still sending it to me in a white envelope. So <laughs> I'm still probably okay. But by the time the next color envelope comes, it's, it's time for me to get on it. Goodness, can't help you here, Sean. Wrong, <laughs> yeah. wrong, wrong office. Uh, <laughs> Got to pay those, man. Yes. Pay it the day it comes in and get it out of the way. But no, what you're saying, Sean, is 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 right on. Um, you haven't worked your whole life to sit there and live under the, the you know oppression of anxiety and uncertainty. Absolutely. And again, ha- having a plan that's well thought through. And I mean, there is, there is a lot of this is a scientific approach. I would say there's an art form to the planning as well. Mm-hmm. to kind of customize it for the client. But numbers don't lie. We can lay out your financial picture for the rest of your life and look at it on paper with you in a way that you've never seen it before. Yeah. It surely isn't what your stockbroker is showing you right now. Yeah. yeah. Stress, work is stressful enough. I'm not going to retire and still be stressed. That's just ridiculous. What's yeah. the point? Yeah. Absolutely. I'll just stay at work. Life is too short for that. Yeah. And like you were saying, it's kind of a mix of, of science and it's an art, you know, I mean, there's a lot of numbers to it, but there's also a lot of creativity, right? And I would argue that Jess is part Picasso and, and part Dr. Frankenstein, right? Something like that. A little Houdini thrown in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you definitely, you're, you're able to, to work your magic and I've, I've heard a lot of stories and, and I've seen a whole lot about it. So, Again, you know, let's draw this distinction because we're talking about the GAO report where people, you know, a quarter or, or a third of people in the country don't have 
a retirement account or any retirement savings. But, you know, there are a lot of high net worth people out there that also, you know, they, they may have money in the bank, they may have investments, but they don't have an income plan and they don't have a spending plan. But these people need one too. Yeah, exactly. A, no matter what size the portfolio is, if you're still in the spin down mentality, um, then it, you're, you're not generating income. You're just spending down a nest egg. Yeah, and just like we, we had our Four Horsemen episode and we talked about spend down Sally, well, you can be a millionaire and be a spend down Sally. Uh, you're just probably spending more than, than somebody <laughs> who doesn't, doesn't quite have enough. But again, you got to have that, that plan in place because there's the confidence side of it. Uh, and there's also the lifestyle side of it because – if you're if you don't have a plan, you don't know how much you can spend. You might be inclined to put that money away and not touch it, and not spend it, and not enjoy it. And you definitely don't want to do that, right? That's true. And we'll get into this more as we go. But I, I you know, we'll talk a little bit more about kind of the the anxious um, retiree that we've been talking about. Why are you so anxious about spending? And then there's a whole tax and investment strategy to having an income plan too that we want to go ahead and sound off on in the next segment. Yeah, okay. the tax portion of it's huge for me. Okay. Well, if y'all want to learn more about this, you can join us for dinner and a discussion Tuesday, April 16th at TrueLux. Go to noblecapitalradio.com, and you can RSVP right there on the website. Hold on, folks. We'll be back right after this break. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, we're discussing why everyone should have an income strategy in place, no matter what your economic situation is. And right before we went to the break, we were talking about, well, why people who do have a lot of money saved also need an income plan. So let's dive into that a little bit, guys. Okay. So... As far as an income plan, there's a, the tax strategy, I think, is one of the most important ones. So even if you've got more money than you think you're going to be able to spend, um, positioning that so that it is generating money in the most efficient and tax-efficient way, I think, is the first step. But as you lay out a budget and a plan over time, you don't want to generate more income than you actually need at any one given time, within reason. So you're not paying tax on something that you don't need while it could be sitting there accumulating waiting for you to actually need it. So that's that's the first step when we lay out an income plan. Yeah, that's a good point. We ladder it. We break your life up into legs. Um, they're determined by various milestones. The last one's usually 70 and a half. We have to deal with the RMDs, and after that, it's just about every five years. But even if for no reason other than inflation, um, you need to have some kind of a plan laid out instead of just spending it and hoping it doesn't run out. Yeah, I listen, you kind of imagined, you know, when you were talking, Jess, like we literally solve a – a tax puzzle for you right in front of you yeah. when you come in. Everybody Every has a couple, you know, different a mix of accounts, but there is an order to battle in a best way, a best practice on how to draw down your income, which accounts to take it from and when to to literally win at the tax game. If if not, Uncle Sam is going to win. I mean, by default, that that it's it's a rigged system. Yeah. So unless there's a very deliberate solve of that tax efficiency 
and tax planning puzzle, you, you can count on it. Uh, you'll get the short end of the stick every single time. Yeah, well, you're playing against Uncle Sam who invented the game. Yeah, it's the house. So, yeah, the house always wins, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. And then the other side of it is is the investment strategy. And, and this is, I think, the what, what for, for the listeners, I, I just want to land this um, and, and kind of drive this home is when you solve your income plan and you know where your income is going to come from, especially our, our higher net, net worth clients that know they're not going to end up spending all of their wealth and they want to also invest the, the rest of those assets in for, for longer term legacy plays and accumulation and setting up the next generation. Well, when that's the case, when you know where your income is going to come from, you've got that set, you now can put the rest of your assets to work in strategic investments that are pointed at growth and accumulation in legacy plays, long-term tax planning. And by doing that, you're not constantly shuffling those around and, and interfering with those investment strategies. And that allows for the plan to work together and for you to accumulate. Many times I see Jess solve the entire puzzle and a couple will come in and end up with, you know, the same amount that they started with getting passed on to the to the family and and and, and the big surprise is exactly you know that they're going to be able to spend all the money that they ever wanted to spend and maybe even more inflation adjusted so that's that's becoming a trend in the the portfolio i've been seeing lately and it's it's incredible to see somebody come in with two and a half million in their early 60s and you plan out where you know by 90 they've spent six and a half million and then they still die with two and a half million dollars and i'm not talking about Throwing it in the stock market, making an assumption on growth. I'm talking about 85 percent of that is already guaranteed and contractual up front. That's, that's that Houdini part of it that you were it. talking and, about and earlier. It, it, that's it's awesome. sometimes hard to put it in front of people because it, it's that too good to be true mentality, and it, it takes forever yeah. to explain and walk them through everything until they actually realize, no, this is this is real. This is pretty awesome. Yeah, and I I would say if 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 that sets you off, if if you're listening to this right now, I would I would just take the call to action here and come in and, and visit with us. Come to one of our retirement discussions. We'll talk about how we do it. If you like us, then you can come in and see what it would look like for you and your family. Yeah, absolutely. You made a good point about, you know, if if somebody does have have money but they they don't have it invested properly, or maybe it's just sitting in a savings account, they're losing money safely, mm -hmm. right? That's what we say. So, if you don't have a retirement income plan, you literally are losing out on money you could be making. And obviously, the the tax portion was part of it, but just not having it invested properly is the other part of it. Well, yeah, or even if it's in cash, you're losing it to inflation. Yeah, yeah. And regardless of where, I mean, if you have a, a savings account or, or whatever, however you have it invested, there's typically fees and, and stuff like that, too, even if it's a, you know. I, don't, I wouldn't call a savings account an investment, but wherever it lives, you know. You're, I'm, I'm you're old enough to remember it. when the bank used to pay me for the privilege of hanging out of my money. I'm actually old enough to remember that too. I, my first savings account that would pay you interest every every quarter, or maybe it was once a year. I don't really remember, and that's a that's a thing that died with the Great Recession. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm as far as just a regular bank is concerned, I'm I'm past the point where I'm having to pay them to hang out of my money. But yeah. what's coming back is pathetic. You know, relatively speaking, to my lifetime. Yeah. You know, another one that comes to mind, Sean, here is you, you talked about lifestyle. And for some people, lifestyle is about more than just um, 
self-centeredness and selfishness. There's nothing wrong with that. We've worked, you know, you work hard to go out and be able to check those boxes off your bucket list and achieve your dreams and goals. But, but I know there's people listening that, you know, a big part of their lifestyles around their family and their friends and, um, even giving to people that, that are in, in, um, in, in less fortunate, uh, circumstances. So, you know, there's a saying that, uh, my dad used to say a lot. I used to listen to him, um, and he would. He, I think, I think this is the way it would go: do your giving while you're living, hmm. and um, and that there's something about that. You know, when if if you can give money to causes and into experiences to your kids, grandkids, family, maybe it's a charity, maybe it's your church um, while you're living. There, there's something very powerful about the, you know, sort of the joy and uh, the experience of giving. They say it is, you know, it is more blessed to give than re- to, than to receive. And if you know, if, if you don't believe that, try it out and see if it works for you. If it does, then you can you can keep giving. <laughs> yeah, well, I like that. And but that's also kind of one of the tenets of our income planning is if people do want to, you know, leave a legacy or say they want to leave an endowment for a, a charity or some nonprofit organization, or more commonly, of course, your kids. Uh, is that typically part of the equation for our clients? Oh, absolutely. Legacy planning is, is just as important as any other part of the, of the portfolio. Yeah. It's a, another thing I've noticed lately, though, for some reason, I've been getting a lot more clients that are much less concerned about how much they're passing on to the next generation. Yeah, teach them how to work. Exactly. <laughs> either, I either get... They're already grown and doing well, so they don't need it, or they're not doing well, and I'm not going to fund them not doing well and blow my money, so they're just going to go you know, spend all the inheritance. Spend it, bounce yeah. that last check. Yep. Yeah. Or there's the couples out there that are wanting to just skip a generation and give it to the grandkids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now that, and that's you probably see that a lot too, right? I do, quite a bit. Yeah. Well, that's kind of, you know, again, if you have money but you don't have an income plan, you're not maximizing your legacy. You know, that's that's another point just straight up right there. Uh, there's inflation, and then there you had mentioned RMDs earlier, Jess, and that's certainly a way that, well, you can you can pay more to the tax man than you really owe. Well, eh, yes and no. If it's not structured properly, um, you know, the, the two issues with RMDs are having all the income that you need at some point and then around 70 all of a sudden you're forced to take it out just for the privilege of paying tax you're going to pay the tax yeah. on it either way but if you're already generating enough income that you don't need it then you're probably going to be pulling it out in the higher bracket so we try to plan for that early on there's no reason to wait until 70 to start using the uh, the tax deferred income let's start using it earlier so that by the time you hit 70 it's already part of your income plan and in a lot of cases you're not having to take additional out um, just to cover rmds and if you do then it's the minimal amount but you can't get away from paying tax. You're always going to pay tax. Yeah. You know, Sean, our, our typical clients are, you know, on the low side, 50, 55, up to, say, 70, 75. Mm-hmm. And it's not that we won't work with people outside of those age ranges. But the when you think about it, no matter where you are on that, that age spectrum, it's never too late to get a real good look at, at an, a lifetime income plan. And obviously, the earlier the better. You know, if you can start planning in your 40s, that's fantastic. But I, I, I've said on previous shows that I think you know everybody can kind of be assigned a retirement income planning score. 
Yeah. And, you know, that's something Jess can work up for you and show you kind of based on your goals. And when you want to retire, this is where you should be and this is where you are. Mm-hmm. And once you know your score and what the scoreboard says, you know if you need to work harder, get another job, yeah. um, you know, change jobs, spend less. Or you might know, well, shoot, I can move my retirement date up five five years. I don't need to retire when Social Security says that I, that, that I need to retire. I'm going to retire when my scientific income plan analysis shows me that I'm going to be good and I have contingency plans in place. You know, life's yeah. too short to just keep um, a- ambiguity around your income plan in retirement. And there is there is a lot of that that I see. It amazes me how many epiphany, profound type um, situations I see when somebody comes in. We meet for the first time. I'll ask them a bunch of questions about assets and what they're spending. And they'll shoot out, oh, you know, ten thousand a month. So I'll send them home with a budget, and they come back and they're at fourteen thousand a month, and they don't have any plan for their, how they're going to reel that back in. And all of a sudden, it's super important. So when they leave here, they're very, very grateful that we were able to reel it back in. A lot of times, they don't realize they've got a problem until we start putting it on paper. Yeah, you're gonna. A lot of folks have just kind of rounded, right? Like, yeah, yeah, I think exactly. I need about two mil. No, make it about three million is about what I need. And you can see the gears yeah, grinding yeah. in their heads. 10000 a month, that sounds about right. You know, yeah. it's like, well, how are you rounding off these numbers? And, you know, like, where did you come up with this? And it's interesting. A lot of people don't really have an answer for that. It's yeah, just kind of out of the air. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. It's just kind of this psychological goal they set that they've, you know, 20 years ago. It's like, well, did, yeah. did you include inflation in that? <laughs> you know, that 20 yeah. year, old, year old goal? So there, there, there's a lot of sort of misconceptions about how, how money works and how retirement works. And I'm telling you, a, just a very short visit with an expert that, that looks at this every day and breaks these analysis down uh, for, for clients can, can make a world of difference. And not everybody has a problem. Um, but if you have a problem, I want to know about it now, not when it's but it's already too late. It's already affected. Yeah, it's it's kind of like uh, when you go to your doctor, you got to be honest and tell them the truth or they can't help you. Same with a financial advisor. Just be upfront, be transparent, and, and tell them, you know? That's yeah, exactly. Right. It's all numbers, I and mean, we're just going to work it. Yeah. You know, I, <clears throat> you guys are really putting stuff into perspective for me because when I was younger, I'd, I'd always thought, well, I'm going to make a million dollars, and then I'm going to retire. Well, guess what? No, you're not, because you can't live the entire rest of your life on a million dollars. Well, I mean, maybe you, you can, can but, but maybe not the you know the life that you want to live or the lifestyle that you're even accustomed to. So, I wanted to touch real quick before we go to break on multiple income streams. We talked a lot about tax strategy. What are some of the things you need to think about when setting up multiple income streams? Well, there's always the you know the underlying basis diversity. Everybody wants to have some some diversification in case something goes wrong. Um, but for me, along with that, the different income streams are performing differently. Some consume the asset, some preserve the asset, some are tax free, some are tax efficient, and any one of those is not the right answer. It's the blend and the proper blend of all those that makes up the income plan to make it the most efficient. Okay. Okay. And there's a number of ways you can do that. And of course, you've got higher risk and you've got lower risk. You've got Got some no-risk, got all kinds of different flavors. Yeah. Well, and we could probably talk on and on about this for hours, 
but we have to take a break in just a second. And if you want to hear us talk on and on about this for an hour, you can come join us for dinner and a discussion about how you can achieve financial freedom through income planning. We have one coming up this Tuesday, April 16th at TrueLux. Go to noblecapitalradio.com to RSVP. That's noblecapitalradio.com. We'll be right back after this break. Talk 1370. Once again, this is the Noble Capital Radio Hour. And we are back. If you just tuned in, we've been talking a little bit about retirement income, saving for retirement, who needs an income plan, and why. And guys, who needs an income plan? Everybody. Everybody. That's absolutely right. So hopefully you've been listening to this episode and you you know why. If you haven't, if you missed some of it, you can go to iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to this episode. It's called If You Can Count Your Money, You Don't Have Enough. So here's something really funny. I've got a buddy down in Corpus that actually listens to our podcast. And he's always posted on Facebook how awesome it is. I mean, he's like really involved with it, knows a lot about it. So last week I posted at 10 o'clock this morning, listen, listen to my radio show on 1370. And he puts back on, oh, wow, you're on the radio now too? <laughs> <laughs> radio first, podcast yeah, right? second. But the podcast really gives us a lot of digital reach. So oh, yeah. it's, it's AM only goes so far. Yeah, AM only goes so far. But in any case... You know, each week I sit here across the table with two financial experts who have had to work through just about every scenario in the book. So let's give our listeners some real tales from the trenches. We've kind of been talking about even people who are higher net worth and maybe have a lot of savings need an income plan and why. So can you guys think of like an interesting case when somebody, you know, had plenty of money, but by putting together an income plan, you were able to make a big difference, a significant outcome? I can think of one pretty specific that happened a few months ago, and it didn't really change much in their ability to spend, but it had a huge uh, emotional impact on both of them. Um, Mid-60s, about $3.5 million portfolio, spending about 120000 a year. I mean, they're going to be fine. Um, husband's a cowboy. Wife is totally, totally, totally conservative, like no risk. And there had been a lot of rift between them on that since he had retired. He wanted to invest. He wanted to ride the market a little bit. And she was just totally wringing her hands, afraid they're going to run out. And it was causing a lot of arguing. Um, so when we put this thing together, it was like five appointments till we finally got it all done. But we got their entire income plan, super, super safe, almost everything guaranteed. So it satisfied her, planned out all the way till 90 plus. And then with what was left over, now that that's completely covered, we were able to identify an appropriate level of risk that they both could agree on because she had the comfort level that the income was going to be fine. And boom, they're getting along great now. Financial therapy at his exactly, finest. Man, that's what it is. I'm a therapist. So I, when you say he's a cowboy, you don't mean he's actually riding horses, that kind of cowboy. No, 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 not that kind of cowboy. <laughs> just to clarify. Well, somebody somebody our... that's willing to, to you know take some risk, um, kind of just yeah. throw caution to the wind and, and go take care of themselves. Cool. That makes sense. Yeah, a little more aggressive uh, maybe in the stock market. Um, yeah. That's that's a good one, Jess. I the, the one that comes to mind for me is a a client that came in. They they've been a client of the firm now for about five years, and they were originally attracted to us because of our our real estate 
you know, offering and the uniqueness that we that we bring to the table with tax planning and real estate, which is very attractive to to high net worth uh, investors, we find. And, you know, they they came in very confident because they already had a bunch of annuities and life insurance and contractual, you know, guaranteed instruments that they, they felt good about. So they wanted to go right in and talk real estate. And we never we never go there. We, we want to re- take our time, review everything, dot our I's, cross our T's. And it turns out that in reviewing their uh, insurance products, we found a lot of problems with, with them. And some of them were technical, um, the, the inability to do joint income versus single income for to make sure both spouses are taken care of. Mm-hmm. We found a couple of variable annuities in there that had very high fees. And long story short, we... While they came in just to talk real estate, when we broke down the products that they had and, and showed them that we could do better, we ended up sending them out the door with a lot more um, confidence because, interestingly, they came in with a lot of confidence, and that, that confidence went away pretty quick after that first appointment. So not only did we set them up with, with some great real estate um, in, in income from real estate investing, but we also shored up their the core of their portfolio, and that, that one always stands out to me. They've yeah. become really close friends now, and um, like Jess says, you know, it kind of builds a bond that is a lifetime relationship. They they came in with a lot of confidence, and then you had to break them down to <laughs> bare wood to build them back up That's, to have real confidence in their income plan. Right? It's, it's funny, and just because hearing that story, I already know exactly who he's talking about. So he didn't have to mention any names. That's funny. Yeah, and basically, it sounds like you kind of looked at their their portfolio and you were able to trim a lot of the fat. You mentioned some variable annuities with high fees and yeah. stuff like that. That's all a drain on your portfolio. And even just if somebody has a lot of investments and you're able to just put things in the right place, move things around a little bit, can make a huge difference in the end, right? You can, it does. It tells a story. I know you see this, Jess, but it's like you can look at somebody's portfolio and, and look at all the statements and you can kind of – it tells a story of their experience with advisors in their past. Mm-hmm. And you can see if someone's been kind of shuffled around from advisor to advisor and maybe dealt with more product-oriented advisors that are just selling products than a, a true planner that's put a you know a permanent lifetime plan in place. And if that's the case, usually they need a little bit of help because that puzzle's just not fitting together right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there there are times I can think of maybe three or four clients where that was 100% correct. I mean, literally, you could go through their portfolio chronologically and just see very specific and different strategies, um, typically none of which worked out, which is why they're in the office. Um, but you could you can see commissions, you can see fees, and they're being the driving force most likely as opposed to the, the health of the portfolio. Well, gentlemen, put your money where your mouth is. This is where my esteemed co-hosts have to come up with a phrase related to this week's episode, and I get to decide how they have to deliver it. Every week, I seal the guidelines for the game in the Shanvelope, and I open it on air so they never know what to expect. If I stump them this week, they owe me a $100 gift card to steak and ale so I can take my grandfather to enjoy the early bird special and a light beer. There you go. Bring it on, Sean. You've been yeah. doing such a great job. I think we could probably even do that for you anyway. Just oh, because. man, you guys are too Show kind. of appreciation. <laughs> All right. Well, I got the envelope, and let's let her rip. Okay, guys. 
This week, I want you to sum up today's episode in exactly five words, but one of those words must be an adverb. And I'd appreciate it if you would do it eloquently. (laughs) Here we go. While the guys are racking their brains trying to put this one together, I just want to remind you that you can learn more about us at noblecapital.com. Check us out on Facebook, at Noble Capital, on Instagram, at Noble Capital Radio, and you can download every episode of the Noble Capital Radio Hour wherever you get your podcasts. And that's your time, guys. So, did you come up with something for me quickly? I got, I got nothing, Sean. You stopped me. I owe you a hundred bucks. Totally floundering. I'm pointing at Jaden. Sweet. No, sweet. Just kidding. Oh, okay, here you why go. You just tease me like that. Here it is. Five words with an adverb. Yep. Okay. Count them. You deserve to retire confidently. Perfect. That was beautiful. Confidently is a good one. I love it. Jess, you got about 20 seconds. Man, the one that I was almost done with, he stole the thunder on me. I'm, I'm going to do a, an unprecedented event on this show. And so oh. I'm stopped. And I owe you. I owe you First a, time. Yep. Yes. Wow. <laughs> That's a win for me. And that is the Noble Capital Radio Hour for this week. I'm Jaden. I'm Jess. And I'm Sean. And remember, life is short. Plan to enjoy it. We'll see you back here next week. All opinions expressed by the speakers on this radio program are solely the opinions of those speakers and do not reflect the opinions of Noble Capital, Acute Financial, Streamline Funding, or their respective affiliates. Each speaker's opinions are based upon information the speakers believe to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Each speaker's statements and opinions are subject to change without notice. The information discussed on this radio program is provided for general informational purposes only, does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you, and should not be construed as investment, legal, tax, or other advice on any subject matter. The information discussed in this radio program is not intended and should not be viewed or construed as a recommendation, advice, offer, or inducement to buy, sell, or hold securities, insurance products, or any other financial products. Before acting on any information discussed in this radio program, you should seek appropriate financial, investment, and other professional advice based on your particular facts and circumstances. Current or past performance is not indicative of future results. You should be aware of the real risk of loss in following any strategy or investment discussed on this radio program. No outcome or profit is guaranteed. Any transmission of information through this program is provided on a non-confidential basis and does not create an advisor-client relationship between you or anyone of Noble Capital, Acute Financial, or Streamline Funding. Some information provided in this program may reference other service providers, including websites operated and maintained by third parties. Such information is included solely as a convenience to you, and the provision of such information does not imply a responsibility for such third-party information or an endorsement of the linked site, its operator, or its contents. Acute Financial and Streamline Funding are both wholly-owned subsidiaries of Noble Capital. Noble Capital, Acute Financial, Streamline Funding, and or their respective affiliates and principals, which may include the speakers and guests featured on this radio program, may receive compensation from the sale of financial products featured in this program. Reproduction, distribution, republication, and or retransmission of any portion of this program is strictly prohibited without the prior written permission of Acute Financial, Noble Capital, and Streamline Funding.